This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Tinara tato kato, no mai haramai ki te reo irirangi nei. Ko Geraldine Toku Ingoa. Welcome to the Environment Awareness Show, brought to you by Extinction Rebellion Ōtipoti. We are going out on a Tuesday at 1pm with a replay on Saturday at 11am. You can listen to our podcasts by going to the Environment Awareness Show on the Otago Access Radio podcast page and you can send us comments and suggestions to our email address dunedin at extinctionrebellion.nz. We really appreciate your feedback. Okay, so today I'm here with Potama. Potama is a local Otipoti man. He has spoken at protests here um, for many uh, different groups, including schools strike for climate. He is passionate about change and living in harmony with Papatuanuku. Um, Potama Tuatahi, I just want to say thank you so much for um, your time this afternoon um, and sharing your thoughts, your whakaro with us. And um, I really, really appreciate you coming along. Tēnā koe. Oh, tēnā koe. Oh, tēnā tātou te whānau. Uh, ko e au tū ana... Oh, kai hi koe mā koe mi. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Poland, Wales, Scotland, Island. Scotland this Potama. Uh, I've been born and raised here in Otepoti. Uh, on my dad's side, I descend from Ngati Tuwharetu and Tati Honio Paparangi. Also have a connection to Scotland there. On my mum's side, my ancestors descend from Poland, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. Um, and uh, this is Potama. Yeah, this is me. So tēnā kā mihi kia koutou. Kia ora Potama. Tēnā te mihi kia uh, aroha kia koe. E hoa mō ngā kōrero me ngā whakaro koe tēnā rā. Tēnā koe. Okay, so um, to Atahi, I thought we could have a continued kōrero about this idea of decolonisation. The local Extinction Rebellion group here in Ōtipoti recently did a um, a day with Susan Mendes, Suzanne Menzies-Culling, and she does a, like a, a lot of kōrero about the treaty and decolonisation, and there's um, a movement towards how do we decolonise as a group and as a movement so that we are... Um, not operating under this colonised structure and how can we break free of that and what would it look like and what would it mean for us. So, heha o whakaro ki te kupu decolonisation. What does this kupu mean for you, Pautama? Uh, well, for me, and just a disclaimer, I can only speak on behalf of my whānau and, and myself. Yeah. Um, but for me and my whānau, uh, it means to uh, not be forced to live according to um, what has been forced upon us. Um, for example, we're forced to have to learn a certain way, live a certain way, work uh, under the rule of, of what's been put in front of us. And so for me and my whānau, our greatest aspiration is to find ways and pathways for us to sustain ourselves, feed ourselves, um, and work for ourselves in relation and in harmony with uh, te taiao. Mm. So, yeah. Decolonisation, I think, is, is, is a general term that I guess is that same similar for Karo, but everyone has their own what that means to them. Mm. And what it's saying is that we have been um, colonised, which is a nice way of saying that we have been forced into a way of life that is not healthy and is not a choice uh, mm. of us. Um, 
and yeah, that's the difficulty, and that's why we see largely uh, Maori populations in the in the worst statistics uh, through substance abuse, through suicide rates, in prisons. Uh, you know, I know I've never met a Maori person that hasn't had all three of those things in their fire. Mm. Um, so for me, it's just decolonisation. In short, is just living safely and, and having a safe. Um, world for our next generations yeah mm. yeah yeah i that's um that's really big isn't it there's a lot going on and that could be for you mm. yeah and so if we could bring it back to what do you think how do you think a group like extinction rebellion might operate differently if we weren't operating under a colonial structure like what um what? how might a group look differently and so everyone felt welcome to come along and participate and yeah I think in short and it's the same work I do in the community and what I advocate is just mana motu hake you know we all so seeded from the source and we all have our own uniqueness and beauty that mm. we need to celebrate and I think in celebrating our own uh, beauty and and understanding our ourselves and really being self-aware regularly that that process kind of unfolds naturally. And if we have a group of people doing this, uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I think just with mana motuhake comes many things. You know, when we talk about that, it comes accountability to our actions, responsibility um, for what we do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, mana motuhake, if we don't have mana, is our, our, in short, our spiritual power, you could say. Um, and motuhake is our individuality. So mana motuhake talks about us uh, uh, the state of being where we are able to function according to our uniqueness in relation mm. with everyone else and mm. recognising that everything and everyone else has their mana motuhake. And so you, you, the boundary is already there. You see, you understand that so you know when you're disrespecting or crossing certain things. You become considerate, you become respectful and you become responsible. But that's that's only my observations in my own life mm. and for myself. Right. Yeah. Cool, yeah. I think, and I'd let you. Yeah. yeah, so I guess um, a lot of that understanding can potentially come from, like you mentioned in your corridor earlier, about um, te reo as being a pathway in for people who perhaps don't have a greater understanding of te ao Māori or how to make a group, you know, function in a group or in a space that can be open for everybody and where everyone can stand in their power. Yeah. Yep. So in short, eh, I think anyone that wants to be a part of decolonisation, particularly mm-hmm. here, is just understanding a Māori perspective. And the only way to do that authentically is through learning the language, understanding oh. the language. The language is the gateway, uh, is the doorway to our worldview. Yeah. A language isn't just words and thoughts, it's, a, it's actually how we see, how we be and how we live. So, yeah, mm. yeah. And yeah, because we see like through the language, through te reo, there's like just completely different setups. Mm. Like you can, you talk about things, sentence structure is different and value is placed on different things. And like you say, you can learn so much about a culture and a way of life and a value system mm. through the reo. And I think maybe a, a small to help people understand that further is is our pepeha and our mihi mihi process and, what mm. that, and how we think about that. And we always acknowledge 
things in order mm. of, of creation. So that's why often you'll hear our maunga first and then our awa and so on and so forth. Mm. It, it's, it's being, it's comfortably knowing our place in the order of creation because we're not separate. We are of nature mm. and we're a part of it and, and I take proud in being a part of nature and we should all. But that, that PPR process helps us understand we come last or not always last because my kids will come under me, mm-hmm. not because they're lesser but in the order of, of how things come about, it's maintained. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah. I think mm. that, that, that's, that's just another small example of how, how we think differently. That's why, hence, we respect often our elders, every elder, uh, just because of that, what that means, yeah. or where they stand. Yeah. Yep. And in um, context of the climate change, um, like the relationship with Te Tai and the, na- the natural world, like that call that relationship that's just intrinsic to the way of living. Eh? That's mm. would be how you would respond to the climate change. It's just a natural way of life and living. Yeah, well, we we're supermarket generation. Eh? Some kids now have never don't even ha- haven't seen a veggie grow or don't even know what where food comes from. The the only reality is the supermarkets where they get their food and they. They work, you know. Their parents go to work. That's what they're going to do. That it's really disconnected. We don't have a relationship with nature. Uh, you have to go out of your way in your free time to have a relationship with nature. You know, you take it back two hundred years ago. You had to work with nature. That's your food. That's your life. That's your well-being. Mm. That's your spiritual connection. Your your every kind of connection. And that relationship was maintained regularly because you went out regularly to fish, to to do whatever to forage. Oh, hands in the dirt. Hands yeah. in the dirt. So yeah, you. You had to consider your your world, you know, because if someone just decided to clear out and just pollute this river, I mean, that's that's a big problem because that's your that's not just you, that's your ten generations ahead of you that you're that you're robbing. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I guess that's indigenous. That's just an indigenous perspective. You can see that similarity between all indigenous cultures simply because of that continued relationship with nature. And I think we need to have that again. Um, Community. I'm always trying to look for ways to make a community eventually being able to sustain itself, grow its own food, mm-hmm. create its own markets, its own specialties. We've got enough people here. Yeah, I think global issues are solved by community solutions. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I've always maintained it as a teacher that um, we can't expect the kids to come through and fight for the earth, fight <laughs> for the world and the earth if they haven't. If they're not in love with it, yeah, and they're not, they have less chance of falling in love with it if they're sitting in a classroom all day, and they really need to be bare feet and climbing trees and really just experiencing the natural world, and then they're like mm. at one with it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and they're not separate from it. Mm. Yeah, so we just need to find, I guess, a way to a pathway to create a constant relationship as a community with with our local our, our local environment. You know, and get mm. it, actually care for it, know it, and mm. yeah, yeah. I think that's a really practical way of um, dealing with the climate crisis: is get to know you, the land around you, eh? mm. and the water, and just detail. Yeah, uh, uh, cool. Well, I think we'll take this opportunity to to listen to um, 
one of my favourite songs at the moment which is from Shapeshifter and it's in Te Reo Māori and so it's called Ngā Kano. Me ia koe te mana ka aha koe ka kahara nei koe ki te whakahau ko pārura nei ka kahurangi ko Ngā Kano me mura mura e ki te pakanga kore ka mamai kore ruke atu i te he i te porangi Okay, so that was Ngā Kano and the uh, whakatauki that I really love in there is Paitū Paihinga, which um, I interpret to mean no success and no failure. Mm. And when I've applied this to my life, it's been a big game changer. Like I can't fail. I can re- reflect on an action and then use that, and then but then drop it. And then again, and there's no success. 
and I've been recently thinking, okay, so if we're going to switch up our mindset around mm. this whole climate change, what what's an alternative mindset and how could we take on this paitū paihinga and what might that look like? Yeah, so I guess we'll just do a lot of work with schools and kids and so, you know, sometimes we'll have kids and we'll play a game and then someone will make a mistake and some some group or the, maybe the whole group laughs at that individual and I'll just call those individuals out and go, oh, do you laugh at babies when they fall over? Mm. You know, because this is, this is exactly the attitudes that need a shift in ourselves and in our own lives. Um, we have to embrace uh, failure as, as an aspect of success. It's a full circle. It's a process. Mm. It's, not, it's, it's not finite. It, mm. And, and uh, it only exacerbates the issue if you sit on it. You know, it's like I liken it to like if you fall over and graze your leg, you just sit there crying until someone picks you up. You know, that's their attitude. And that's what we have w- widely within not just Aotearoa, but in the Western world. I mean, we've got so much that we, that we become numb to how much we have. And we just complain more than we actually mm. use what we have. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's just looking at it, the process of learning and being, being not hard on ourselves but, and not being just carefree, but just accepting that process as it is. Failure is, is, is a, the way to success, is, um, is a part of the process, you know. Mm. And virtually everything that you're going to learn, you need to make mistakes. You know, and I think what we have done is we've demonised mistakes, and we've we have we have we have put success on a on a, on a pedestal. You know, but if we're to teach success, we need to embrace failure. Mm. Yeah, and I think we do that in our own lives with our own kids. And, and just reflect it our own self. Don't beat ourselves up, or don't don't jump up and down when we and, and, and rub it in people's faces. And I think that's what humility is: is not being attached to the results. And I think that's that's when, when it, for me when it comes to learning, I take a lot from the potama, the, the potama pattern, mm. and reflecting back to that because I'm really hard on myself. Naturally, a perfectionist, I sit there and I'll just get beat myself up and just not give it a go. And I really have to work on that. And I, and that's. That's what it means to me is just embracing those mistakes, and they become your close friends. Eh? You, you love mistakes, you love failure. Because now, when I when I when I go anywhere, I want to learn something. I find the best person, and then I verse them at, if it's a game or, or or whatever, just so I can learn from them. Or I ask them questions. I don't feel ashamed. Just just make those mistakes and embrace them. All right. Uh, yeah. Yep. And I think um, when we take that back to the climate crisis, it's like not. It's to, I guess, experience that grief and that shame, mm. and then okay, now we need to move on. Mm. And yeah. pai tu pai hinga. Okay, so how? What can we do now? And um, yeah, we've been talking a little bit in our local group about instead um, instead of perhaps trying to motivate through um, scare tactics of what's actually <laughs> happening in the world. <laughs> how can we dream about actually what we want our future to look like and let that be the inspirational motivating factors instead? And I, that, I think that really fits in nice with the paitu, paihinga. Let go of the failure and then really concentrate on what we, how we envision yeah. the world to yeah. be. That's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, it is exciting, hey. I like a word for ashamed or embarrassed, say fucker ma. Yeah, ma's can we always be used as short for marama. It's the process of um, actually understanding. Oh, kia ora, fucker marama. Yeah, go fucker ma. And that's 
I feel like that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all the time. And it's, like a, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's open to learning, eh? I always say to people, oh, this is a uncomfortable, comfortable space, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has to be like that, eh? That's how we learn. All right, yeah, mm. we've talked about that, eh? And like then the Western... Going to be uncomfortable. I killed it. In the Western world, that's what we sit in, in com- comfortability. Oh, I can just return to my couch and TV and, yeah. and my comedy and just forget for a moment and remember when I want to. And I'm speaking from my own experience as well, being mm. in this world and this, and this culture. And this is what's kind of your push to be like that. Mm. It's not healthy. There's a lot of unhealthy things that we just need to check. And it's no good going around and telling other people what to do. It's about role modeling ourselves. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like you're saying, what, what can we do instead of scare tactics? Well, record the good things. Yeah. And show the good things. Do good things. Yeah. Create yeah. this new world. Show your vision. kids succeeding. Yep. You know, and mm. doing you know the beauty of of what we're doing. If people will, will want that, will feed on that. Yeah, they'll, they'll desire that. We all we all want to survive. We all want to thrive, and that relies on nature. Yeah, yeah. Succeeding and thriving because we are nature. That's what we need mm. to educate ourselves on. And so this brings me to um, the school strike for climate group in Auckland, who have taken a different route this week. They've disbanded the group based on um, they weren't happy with how they're operating. And wanted to, I guess, hand over to BIPOC other groups, BIPOC groups like Black, Indigenous, People of Colour, and let them lead the charge and support them. And so, how do you, how, what is your response to that, Potama, as, um, as a way forward? Yeah, well, these groups, I, I, I like, I like these groups. I work with these groups like Black Lives Matter and others. The stance is still the same with them. Uh, they were here. They were here um, recently. Mm-hmm. We've been here for a long time, for, and, uh, and that's just an order of that's just how we see things. As Maori, we expect to, to be recognised mm. for for the work we've been doing. If you care about climate change and you want to be educated on what you can do, then wouldn't you look at what Maori have been doing for the past 150 years? You know, we, and no matter the amount of sacrifice we made, our people suffered, and we still put nature first and foremost mm. and I'm, I can't that's not everyone but when I, when I say Māori I mean those people that are living according to their uh, hapu's ways passed down and living on the past not mm. just having blood Māori but actually being and living um, their people's ways uh, and always generally across all Māori that's working with nature mm. and fighting for nature so I think if any, I think when it, when they're just referring back to BIPOC, I think it's just it's just they feel uncomfortable, and they want to yeah alleviate that uncomfortableness. I don't think that's a solution. I'd I'd, I'd respect their decision more if they if they just owned their things openly and created perhaps I don't know platforms of discussion mm. and relationship for solutions, not just not just. I think it's a bit of an easy option myself and I don't, mm. I don't i don't see many solutions coming about that yeah yeah it's this whole idea do we completely dismantle and rebuild which is a huge task but potentially what's mm. required or can we yeah adjust what we have and through de- negotiations and discussions and open open heartedness really yeah i'll just refer us back to what i said at the start you know mana motuhake because then we stand clearly where I stand. I stand clearly where I stand with my family mm. and, and Alcova. I stand clearly in what I do because you see me doing it. You know, and I don't, yeah, your actions speak speak loudly. Mm. And um, just if we own our own mana motihake, and as groups as well, you know, 
just build yourselves up. If we've if we've, if we've recognised something that we don't like in a group or in a whanau or whatever, just to just to drop it and give up and or to dismantle it and rebuild it is it seems to me like they're just putting it in other people's hands. Mm. For me, it would be, oh well, if mm. we had a problem, well, what's the issue and talk it over, who are you about it and then and look for pathways and solutions. Yeah. Be accountable for that decision as well. Yeah, and build on what's already there. Yeah, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be there needs to be a, a front person, a mangai always to to hold that accountability. Otherwise, it's just it's just all say. Mm. Yeah, mm. and I think it's re- I'm really glad that you brought up that um, we can't just hang it. It's really easy to sort of say, "Oh, bye, park or tanga te whenua or Maori and hand it over. But um, you're calling out. Well, actually, who's the individual here? Yeah, and let them stand up and, and speak and take responsibility for what they're saying, eh? Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, because yeah. this. Oh well, that's just that's just the way. That's just how it should be. I think that's oh. how, as humanity, we 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 succeed that way mm. through owning our account, being accountable for actions, word, and and what we do. Mm. Oh. Yeah, cool, yeah. Oh, tēnā koe, paitama, uh, nei rata e a tēnei te mihi ki a koe, um, o tō whakaaro ki tēnei ahi po. I really, really appreciate you coming in and sharing with us mm-hmm. and um, for taking the time out. And um, I'll just end by uh, calling your attention to the Fossil Free Fuel Day, which you'll hear if you're listening to this live on the Tuesday or Thursday. It's the t- 29th of June, and we will be holding an action meeting at the railway station between 8 and 9. So bring your banners and flags, and everyone is welcome. Um, and then we will move up to the Octagon. Um, so for more information, you can email us for that. And we're also having a vision planning day, which goes along with some of our quartered all this um, today talking about what do we actually what are we moving towards and what do we want this world to look like and that's going to be on the 3rd of July between 12 and 4 and so again you can email us for more information uh, we meet fortnightly on a Friday um, as the XR group at 6pm and so the email for all of that is Dunedin at extinctionrebellion.nz so email us for more information and we would love to have your support and your input and your energy at these actions in Hui. Uh, Modi order. Modi order. Modi This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.